1: After listening to this podcast, I can say for certain that you are now less dumb. And that is the title of my new book, which is available in paperback on August 5th. And you can pre-order it right now. You can pre-order the paperback version of the book right now, wherever books are sold. And you've heard excerpts from the book uh, in previous episodes of this podcast. You know what it's all about. It's a deep dive into the topics we talk about here. And, uh, it's a long form writerly exploration of our delusions and sort of an attempt to find the unity and the humility that comes from really understanding yourself through the quantified, um, science of the foibles and frailties and shortcomings of the human mind. So you are now now available for pre-order. And, uh, if you get a copy of it, I will sign it for you. Even if you get a digital version, I will sign that too. You can get details about what that means by going to youarenotsoSmart.com and just clicking on the books section. They went fire. Welcome to the You Are Not So Smart podcast, in between Episode 5, Episode 26. This is an in-between episode of the You're Not So Smart podcast, which means it's going to have a slightly different format than the regular episodes have. No experts, no cookies. Usually, we pick a topic and we ask an expert about that topic, and then we get a cookie and we talk about psychology, and it's really fun. But this episode, I'm going to do something different. There's an, uh, a an article I wrote a while back about a conference that I went to, and. I, it was published in psychology today and the conference they, uh, they, they published it as well. And, um, I really haven't done anything else with it. And I just thought it would be nice to read it to you because it's one of my favorite pieces. And, um, before we get into that, I wanted to mention everyone is always sending me emails and asking who is, uh, who does the music at the beginning of the show? Well, that is caravan palace and the song is clash. And I asked them, I I bugged them forever to let me use that as the opening music. And they finally just sent an email and said, yeah, do it. And, um, I've loved, I've loved the fact that people are, uh, as soon as they hear it, they want to know who, who did that. And so that's who did it. Caravan Palace, Clash. And most of the other music on the show is done by Drew Garraway. And you can find him on uh, SoundCloud as uh, Synthetic Motion. And now, Maslow's Hammer. In psychology, they call it Maslow's hammer. Abraham Maslow was a psychologist who loved human beings. He wanted his branch of science to put as much effort into thinking about what made people happy as it put into contemplating the sources of mental sickness and categorizing the flora and fauna of the disturbed mind. In the 1960s, he wrote a book about the dangers of reductionism in psychology. Maslow knew that researchers tended to dig and dig until they got down to the nitty gritty and eventually explained the nature of a thing at the smallest level possible. It made him queasy to think of people in that way. Holistic mental health, personal growth, self-actualization, that was Maslow. He knew the human mind was a complex thing and that scientists often sought an understanding of complex things by documenting their atomic and chemical cogs and gears. That approach worked well when studying galaxies or metabolism or fault lines. When it came to the human mind, he felt there was a need for science to spend time on the big picture, the weather patterns of human behavior that emerge from the butterfly wings flapping at the level of synapses and axons. It was unclear at the time how one might study the nature of things like curiosity, altruism, compassion, and humor in an empirical, measurable way. Some believe those things might be better left to metaphysics and left out of hard science. Maslow saw that as a handicap. He compared it to an automatic car wash, which is a minor marvel that can only be considered marvelous in one context, washing cars. In the same paragraph, he wrote, I suppose it is tempting if the only tool you have is a hammer to treat everything as if it were a nail. Fast forward to San Francisco on Saturday, where I heard neuroscientist David Egan point out to an audience member, that even though we are learning more and more about what is under the hood of human consciousness, it might not tell us what we most want to know about ourselves. Buddhist monks can train themselves to control blood flow into specific limbs and alter their own heartbeat with meditation, but, quote, they are just dipping their toes into the ocean of the unconscious, said Eagleman who added that even if you could become so self-aware that you could dive deep into the unconscious mind, the thoughts and emotions down there might look like machine language. You wouldn't be able to understand it. As he explained it, it would be like monitoring a transistor in a computer to better understand why a YouTube video was funny. I heard Eagleman say this at Being Human 2012, a conference I think would have put Maslow at ease about quantifying consciousness. As promoted, the meeting was an attempt to grab hold of the slippery fish that is the modern science of the mind and smash the reductionists into the abstract thinkers, the neuroscientists into the philosophers, the psychologists against the poets, and see what spun away. You got the sense at being human, that a new phase in anthropology is upon us, as suggested by philosopher Thomas Metzinger during one of the dialogues. Earlier, he gave a talk about avatars and how scientists are able to transfer a person's sense of self into a rubber glove, among other things. He later said that he believed the insights of neurologists, primatologists, psychologists, biologists, and the rest of science are coalescing into what Metzinger called, uh, quote, a new image of man. The synthesis of these, he asserted, will eventually be common knowledge. A thousand scientific shoulders are pushing law and ethics, entertainment, and opinion forward into a new normal. I think this is true, but that might be because of something Maslow's hammer is sometimes likened to, a form of confirmation bias called déformation professionnelle. It's a play on words, French words, that describes how you often see the world through the narrow lens of your profession. If you are a biologist, bodies are gene replicating devices. If you are a physicist, the brain is made of atoms formed in a star. If you are an astronomer, the earth is a pale blue dot. And if you write a blog and do a podcast called You Are Not So Smart, you get invited to conferences about the human experience and you see that as a sign that there is a mass epiphany. People everywhere are seeing the human experience in terms of illusions and delusions, foibles, vestigial evolutionary strategies, and other hand downs If you think something like that, then the audience of Being Human confirmed in you that there exists a Human Potential Movement version 2.0, finally turning to data for answers after simultaneously abandoning the squishy thinking of New Age pretensions and the pre-science assumptions of religion. In his book, The Psychology of Science, Reconnaissance, Maslow wrote... Being a full human being is difficult, frightening, and problematical, and he described the sense that he had that psychology in his time was the most hated and feared of the sciences because it threatened the ego of the human species. It was, as he put it, like when Copernicus moved man from the center of the cosmos to one corner. Later, that position would further be moved from a corner to, as Carl Sagan put it, a mote of dust suspended in a sunbeam similarly in his time the reductionists were taking away the special properties of the human mind the self and love and compassion and empathy and turning those things into basic chemistry maslow created the hierarchy of needs the most well-known group hug in all of science so i think it makes sense that he would be afraid of reduction because it usually leads to determinism at the lowest levels everything becomes math and once you know the math You can just plug in the formulas and watch the systems play out. Maslow's hammer predicted the scientific method would reduce our minds to something quantifiable. And what meaning could be derived from that? What understanding of ourselves? V.S. Ramachandran said on Saturday that the conversation taking place on stage was, before the Big Bang, already present in a simpler form inside a single point in space. It was perhaps, the most reductionist statement one could ever make about the human experience, yet no one gasped. No one fainted in the aisle. We used to all be one thing, and now we are another. Anne Harrington pointed out on Saturday that at most universities, the humanities and psychology are studied in the same buildings on one side of campus, The hard sciences, the ones with all the math, are studied on the other side. Maslow feared what might happen when the reductionists eventually blended with the social scientists. Harrington said the time for those sorts of thoughts had passed. If being human was truly evidence of a new movement in anthropology reaching critical mass, and that assumption is not just a case of my own mind experiencing déformation professionnelle, then... Maslow's fears were unfounded. The neuroscientists met the philosophers and laughed at each other's jokes. The poet read aloud and the expert on cultural cognition was moved. That was Maslow's Hammer. And uh, check out beinghuman.org. That's uh, the organization that invited me out to this conference. And I believe they're still doing uh, all sorts of stuff out there in California. Fun stuff. And they have a lot of interesting people who write for them over at their website. And please forgive me for my uh, French pronunciation. uh, That is terrible. And um, before we sign off for this episode, I want to remind you that you're not so smart as part of the Boing Boing family of podcasts. And there are all sorts of really cool podcasts over at boingboing.net. One of the best podcasts is still the uh, the flagship podcast, the first podcast, Gweek, hosted by Mark Cronfelder and uh, Dean Putney. Each episode, they talk about things like apps and gadgets and media and interesting people. And the last episode, they spoke with James. Uh, Altucher, who is a chess master inventor and writer who just came out with a new book called the choose yourself stories. And they also discussed things like, uh, the double lift project, which is a DVD that teaches you, uh, card magic, the hidden mother, which is a thousand and two photographs of a redundant practice that used to be very popular where you would, uh, hide parents in the background of children's portraits, uh, which was really, really popular in the early days of photography and uh, all sorts of other stuff. So check out Gweek at boingboing.net, one of the great podcasts in the Boing Boing family of podcasts. Also, you may have noticed that this podcast is free. It costs nothing, and you can help keep it free by filling out a short anonymous survey. It takes about five minutes, and your answers will help match the show with advertisers that best fit the sensibilities of this podcast and its listeners like you listeners who complete the survey will be entered into an ongoing monthly raffle to win a $100 Amazon gift card. And I promise no one's going to sell your email address. In fact, you will never even get an email back unless you win. So just go to podsurvey.com com slash Y a N S S that's dot slash Y a N S S and uh, take the survey and you'll get a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Thanks. That is it for this episode of the You Are Not So Smart podcast. A new episode comes out every two weeks and soon, hopefully once a week. Uh, that is coming up in the future. You can check out information about everything that we talked about at smart.com. The opening music, that is Caravan Palace. The song is Clash. The music beds are by Drew Garraway, Synthetic Motion on SoundCloud. You can go to boingboing.net to find out about more great podcasts. And my new book, You Are Now Less Dumb, now available in paperback. August 5th, you can pre-order it right now everywhere that books are sold.